up, guys? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy, uh, kicking off another podcast episode. Tonight, I uh, have uh, the two other members of P2W. I have Thor and Anthony. Um, just a quick note, uh, before it was mainly uh, me pushing things out, and then Anthony got uh, his own Twitter involved and uh, stepped in, and we recently just added Thor to the team. So we are a three-man team right now uh, moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I'll uh, let you guys say what's up. What's up, guys? How's it going, man? I'm happy to be here. Happy to start doing some fantasy football stuff and podcasts. Really looking forward to these podcasts. Really, uh, I've been trying to do them for a long time and uh, really appreciate the opportunity, man. Yep, yep. I'm excited, too. I'm in, uh, we, this is our second or third, I think, that we've done together. And and mm-hmm. Thor, that's going to be a, a big addition. So I'm excited. Absolutely. So, uh Yeah, uh, what we have going on tonight, we're looking at 2020 and the potential top 10s, how how that'll shape out. And uh, we were just going to go position to position here, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then tight end uh, with the first topic at hand of who are some guys we feel that can step into the top 10 for their positional rankings at the end of 2020. Now, looking at my notes real quick here, uh, from 18 to 19, there was one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks that stepped into the top 10 that were not in the top 10 in 2018. So we got Lamar Jackson stepped up uh, into that top 10, Jameis Winston, uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, who's obviously a, a rookie, and then Carson Wentz. They weren't there in 2018, but they were in 2019. So uh, going off of that, we're going to look uh, to you guys to start this off. Um, we'll go with Anthony to start. Anthony, who's a quarterback that you think was not in the top 10 in 2019, but you can see in the top 10 in 2020? All right. So uh, I've got a few hot takes here for these positional uh, top 10s. Um, with quarterback, I was looking through the list. Uh, there's definitely a lot of guys that could crack the top 10. Uh, for me, my choice is Baker Mayfield. Um, I was just going with him, uh, taking a look at his team. He's got so many weapons there. Uh, they've got Odell. They've got Landry. They've got Austin Hooper now. Uh, you're going to have Kareem Hunt for the entire season, hopefully, and uh, Nick Chubb. And just looking at that offense, you've you got to think that they're explosive enough for uh, Baker Mayfield to uh, hit that top 10 mark. Um, I also looked at, uh, took a look at his uh, rookie stats. When he was a rookie, he uh, threw 27 touchdowns with 14 interceptions. Uh, he also had a 93.7 quarterback rating, which is pretty high. Uh, and I'm taking a look at that and l- looking at his sophomore slump. Uh, he didn't have a great season. Uh, one number that really stood out to me was not only did his uh, quarterback rating drop from 78 or 97. 93.7 to 78.8 uh, but he also got sacked 25 times his rookie year and 40 times his uh, sophomore season so if they could figure that out get him a little bit better protection he's got every weapon there to uh, be a top 10 quarterback in my opinion for 2020. Got it got it all right so Anthony's going to go with Baker Mayfield top 10 2020 so we can uh, shift over to Thor. Thor who's your guy? All right, my guy is, is a little less hot takey, but uh, I'm going with the oldie but a goodie, man. I'm going with uh, Tom Brady. I uh, I believe in the hype. You know, he's 
days old. He's getting up there, but let's be honest, it's Tom Brady, and he's he's built different. He just is. Uh, and he finished his QB 12 last year. Last year was his QB 12, and his weapons were nothing like what he's going to have in Tampa. He's got O.J. Howard, Gronkowski, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, Ron Jones. They added Vaughn in the draft. I mean, they got tons of weapons. The, the weapons are endless. And uh, it's a very QB-friendly off- offense. Bruce Arians has done it with many quarterbacks. Andrew Luck, he's done it with Carson Palmer, uh, Big Ben, early in his coaching career. And uh, I just think with hit, with that kind of offense, that, those kind of weapons, and Tom Brady, I think it just it equals success. And James Winston was a, with the same offense. And we all know Tom Brady, a little bit more consistent than Winston. Maybe not going to get the, the same kind of yardage, but you're going to get less interceptions. Less interceptions is going to be more points. And honestly, I think the man's hungry. I think he's hungry. I think he, not only for a championship, I think he's hungry for, he's hungry for stats. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he's very competitive, and I think he really wants to chase. I'm not saying he's going to get it. Because I don't, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to go out here and say a hot take. Like he's going to break the passing <laughs> touchdown record. Yeah. But you know, deep down, he, he wants it. Oh, yeah. He wants to, he wants, he's gunning for Peyton Manning and he wants to get those, uh, that 56 touchdown passes in 2020. Most likely not going to happen, but I'm definitely going to take a quarterback that has had a success that Tom Brady's had. Mm-hmm. Those weapons and Bruce Arians' offense. All those things equal top 10 quarterback all day long. Got it. Got it. I don't think uh, we can argue with a lot of that. So we got a younger guy in Baker Mayfield, a little bit of an older guy in uh, Tom Brady. And uh, I'll throw mine in there now, who's um, kind of a vet in the league. Uh, I'm going with Matt Stafford. Um, tough saying stuff like that. I say this all the time on the pod. Uh, talking about any Lions or Packers players is kind of tough as a Bears fan, as we all know. But uh, Matt Stafford, 2019, uh, we know he got injured. Weeks one through nine, he was actually QB six. So he was putting up the numbers this past season until the injury. And uh, we've seen through the past Matt Stafford be a top 10 quarterback pretty consistently. Um, I wrote 2018, he was QB 20. So I'll, I'll say that's my, my asterisk. Uh, but 2017, QB seven. 2016, QB seven. 2015, QB nine. So he's had a couple of seasons in the top 10. I didn't go uh, prior to that. Um, looking at the 20, uh, 2019 season, uh, five out of eight weeks were top 10 quarterback weeks. So I think with the weapons he has there, I know Thor and Anthony both mentioned the team has weapons. This might be the best set of weapons that Stafford's had in a long time. I know obviously he had Megatron, who some, you know, believe is one of the best wide receivers of all times, but, uh, Kenny Galladay led the league in touchdowns this past season without Stafford there the whole time. Marvin Jones Jr. had some good weeks. He's a good vet. He's reliable. Uh, Hawkinson was hot at one point and kind of died off, but we see a lot of these tight ends bounce back later in their career, maybe year two, year three. They also drafted Hunter Bryant, uh, who kind of um, fell under the rug. Uh, he was undrafted free agent, but he was in my top five tight ends before um, the draft happened when we uh, released that article from P2W. So I like him. And then you look at the, the running game. I'm a big DeAndre Swift fan. Uh, we saw videos of him pass catching. Um, you still got carry on. He's going to get some touches. So I think he's got a great set of weapons. And 
I think it's going to be the script of the game. The Lions are going to be chasing games, and he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. So so give me uh, Matt Stafford as a a top 10 uh, quarterback there. So going off the quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford. That's uh, our picks for quarterbacks here. So we can shift gears here to to running backs, and I'll go back to – to look at the difference from 2018 to 2019, there was a, there was a handful. Um, Aaron Jones in 2019 stepped up and was top 10, wasn't the year before, and either were these guys. Austin Eckler, Eric Henry, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, and that, that, that was the list there. So a handful of guys from 2018 to 2019 dropped out, and a, and a bunch of newcomers stepped in. So I think uh, running back's a position that we could have an influx of some new guys and some guys drop out. So um, who's the guy, Thor, uh, that you can see in 2020 stepping into that top 10 running back ranking? Booby Miles Sanders. That's who I got, man. I, he's my guy. He, uh, he's definitely got all the talent. He's got the opportunity. And you put those two things together, and you're going to get fantasy production. And you're talking top 10 fantasy production in that offense. And just last year, if you look at just week nine, two seven, two, week nine to week 17 in PPR formats, he was RB9. And we all know that he wasn't really involved that much in week one through week nine because they had old Jordan Howard and uh, Darren Sproles. And, you know, he didn't get much of the opportunity. But once he started getting that opportunity, he just took off and ran with it. Uh, he was excellent in the passing game last year. I mean, I think it was almost every week he was doing something. And it wasn't just in the flats you know, or the screen game. He was, he was catching balls 40, 50 yards downfield. And I know I showed you guys that one video, that little snippet of when Wentz rolled out mm-hmm. and then hit a rocket in the back of the end zone. Miles Sanders caught it. There's only a handful of running backs that are going to catch that pass. Yep. But, and Wentz seems to trust him. Uh, I think Peterson trusts him. I know he's the big, he's the big committee guy, but they don't have a committee there right now. And there was a, a little bit of talk of free agent running backs going there, like a Devontae Freeman or LaShawn McCoy. But I mean, let's be honest, if they get one of those guys, they're not going to eat into his production that much mm. where it's going to affect him, you know, and to limit him from being a top 10 running back. Uh, I also, in college, I think he was a bit overlooked. I do. I mean, he was, he was behind Saquon his entire career until his final year, his senior year, I believe. And then he finally got the chance to start. I'm not saying he's Saquon. He's not Saquon. There's only one Saquon. Yeah, yeah. But in college, I got these numbers for you. I pulled it up. Uh, pro football re- uh, reference. In 2018, Barkley had 217 carries for 1,271 yards. That's 5.9 a carry with an outstanding 18 touchdowns. That, that's unbelievable. Yep. Miles Sanders didn't get that close. He only had nine. But 222, uh, 220 carries for 1,274 yards at six carries pop. It is, that's impressive. That's right where Barkley is. Now, Sanders only caught 24 passes in the senior season, and Barkley caught 54 for, what would I have, 1,195 yards. So there's the big difference. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't watch a whole bunch of Penn State when Sanders was there, but just looking at the stats, I didn't really utilize him that much. But he's proven at the NFL level that he can – he can be a receiver as long as well as a running back. So, like I said, talent, opportunity. I'm going Miles Sanders in the top ten all day. All right, Miles Sanders from Thor. A- Anthony, who uh, who's your guy? Twenty twenty. 
Uh, my guy I'm going to talk about, I could see cracking the top 10. Um, this is going to be a little bit off of hype, is uh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake is a guy who I had on my fantasy team at the end of last year uh, and won me a couple weeks at the end of the season, strictly based on the volume he was getting. Um, he's going to be their guy over there. Um, do I think Chase Edmonds has a role? Probably somewhat, but um, I'm thinking that uh, Drake's their, their guy. Uh, they went out and got him. Uh, I think situational, he uh, didn't really fit in with the Miami Dolphins offense, and uh, he's clicking with this, this uh, Arizona team. Uh, he's got Kyler Murray as a young quarterback. He's explosive. They're going to be worried about him running the ball. Uh, so they've also got Hopkins now. Uh, they're going to be loading up on him. Larry Fitzgerald, you got Christian Kirk. There's going to be a lot of receivers that they're going to need to look out for every single game. Uh, that might free up the field a little bit for Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think that he, if he gets the volume he should be getting in that offense, I think uh, he could easily crack that top 10 spot. Um, I know there's a lot of hype on him right now. Uh, do I think that he could bust? Potentially, too. I mean, we haven't seen Kenyon Drake. Uh, have a workhorse role in a good offense. So uh, this will be interesting to see uh, one full season with the Cardinals. Can he keep up that production he had at the end of the season? If he does, he, he's a top 10 running back. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but Kenyon Drake's going to be my pick. I'm, a, I'm hoping that uh, he produces like he did at the end of the season in that uh, explosive offense over there at Arizona. All right, Kenyon Drake from Anthony. Um, my guy's going to kind of follow the same sort of format. Miles Sanders, that was his first year in the Eagles. Kenyon Drake, his first year in the, the Cardinals. Obviously, one was a rookie last season. Mine was also a rookie last season. I'm going with Josh Jacobs, uh, who I'm a massive fan of. Um, Jacobs last year finished uh, RB21, but he missed three games. So we, we do have to factor that in. The big breakout game, unfortunately, for, for us, um, was against Chicago this past se uh, season. Had 123 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He had almost 30 points. So we saw the the kind of ceiling that he could have this past season. Um, he also had four top 10 fantasy weeks as a rookie. So um, I think the potential's there. I think the team dynamics also very different. So if we look at the additions to um, the Raiders here, uh, they, they had, you know, Henry Ruggs and they had um, – Edwards and, and some other supplemental help. So the, the offense isn't just circulated about uh, or around get Darren Waller the ball and, you know, have Josh Jacobs run the ball. So I think them improving their offense actually helps Josh Jacobs and uh, frees up some space on the field. Um, the big thing for me with these, these uh, running backs is the sort of situation they're in. And, and I know Thor touched on, you know, Miles is probably out of that, you know, committee share. Uh, that he used to be in with Jordan Howard. Now he's just got Boston Scott, but he's going to be their main man. I think Josh Jacobs doesn't have that issue. I think he's their main man. And uh, John Gruden has been quoted uh, before saying, we need to get this guy more involved. Um, there's been talk about getting him in, involved in the passing game. Uh, I know there's some other guys that can pass catch out of the backfield, but Jacobs actually was a good pass catcher in college. If he adds that a little bit more to his game, I think that that separates him from a lot of these running backs, just because 
he's their workhorse. He's going to be the guy getting the primary touches and doesn't have to really worry about anything. So uh, Josh Jacobs for me, 2020, I'm going to roll with him in my, my top 10. So uh, recap, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, we are saying our potential guys to go in the top 10 in 2020. So now we can step into uh, wide receivers. So obviously a longer list of guys to talk about um, and consider. Uh, this past season, some guys that were not top 10 in 2018, but were in 2019 were Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and Amari Cooper. So it's a lot, a lot of guys. guys. What's that? It's a lot of guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of guys. I, I was looking at the list from the previous year, Hopkins, Adams, Tyree Kill, Julio, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Thielen, Juju, Evans, Diggs. So big change in the, the guard right there. Um, I'll start this one off. I think this will be the only one I'll, I'll lead. But uh, my guy um, for this is one of my favorite players in the league and uh, had a lot of dynamics change for his team, but it's DJ Moore. Uh, wide receiver 16 and 15 games. So he did miss a game uh, coming out of Maryland. He's a first round pick. He was the first wide receiver to be picked in 2018. Tons of talent right there. This past season, top 10 in routes, targets, receptions, and receiving yards. So if we kind of look at all the categories that a wide receiver should hit, uh, DJ Moore was hitting those. Um, he dropped three of 215 targets ever, 215. So the efficiency for him is, is there. And I think that's very recognizable. Um, we look at Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback now. Uh, Teddy's not a huge gunslinger. He's a good game manager. Um, he, he is accurate, but uh, there are some question marks. Could he really support a guy that could be a top 10 wide receiver? And the answer is look at Michael Thomas weeks two through seven with Teddy. Uh, weeks two through seven, Michael Thomas this past year, uh, wide receiver one with Teddy Bridgewater. So not going to say DJ Moore is, is uh, Michael Thomas, but could Teddy create something for somebody or supplement uh, somebody that could be a great wide receiver? I, I do think so. Um, the number one piece in that offense is obviously Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think when the defense is lining up against the Panthers, I think he's probably the fo focus of them. So I think that helps DJ Moore. I think Curtis Samuel and Anderson, I think that helps DJ Moore create some field space. So I think due to the talent out of college, due to the efficiency with his cat, uh, catches, and then due to the amount of volume that he has uh, received this past season, I think he can easily be a top 10 wide receiver in 2020, even with a new quarterback, even with a new coach. So that's my pick. Uh, and we'll shift over to Thor on this one. Who's your guy, Thor? Before I go to my guy, we'll add one thing with DJ Moore. Is that he has he can do it all. But my favorite thing to see is him with the ball in his hands after the catch. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's a baller, man. When he's got that ball in his hands, he's a baller. So not only can he run good routes, not only is he efficient with his targets, but once he gets the ball, he's dangerous, you know. Almost like an Odell Beckham. Not not trying to compare the two, but yeah, yeah. Odell Beckham was so dangerous because of what he could do after the after the catch. But uh my guy is uh A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, I see him making, right. making the leap. Uh, he finished as wide receiver 21 last year, and, uh, and that was with Ryan Tannehill in the run-heavy uh, Titans game and the defensive-orientated team, which I think is the only 
drawback. You know, I think he can do just fine with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think the only drawback is the team set up on, you know, they're, they're, they're a defensive-based team, so they're going to try and keep the other team off the field, and they're going to run the ball with Henry. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. They're going to run the ball, but when they're in a game or when they need to come back, I mean, A.J. Brown is going to be a big part of that passing game. Maybe he's going to be the focal point of that passing game for sure. Uh, last, last year from week seven to week 17, he actually finished as a wide receiver seven in PPR. I mean, it's big time. It's kind of similar to the Miles Sanders thing. You know, he, he wasn't used as much in the beginning. They started gaining more trust. He started getting more comfortable with the offense and yep. then he blew up and uh, yeah, he blew up. I mean, he only had 52 receptions in 2019. We know that's going to go up. He's going to have way more than 52 receptions in 2019. And this man with 52 catches averaged over 20 yards of reception. That's insane. That is an insane number. Yes, that number is probably not going to be the same this year, but he's going to get more catches. He's going to get more opportunities. He's going to get more catches. And uh, one thing I was going to say, oh, yeah. I mean, he's just a man amongst boys, you know. He's almost like a, a Brandon Marshall to me. Brandon Marshall was, you know, not he wasn't very shifty or whatever, but it's just he's so much bigger than the rest of the DBs. If he gets a ball with a little bit of space in his hands, he's going to throw DBs like little kids, and he's going to run for a lot of yards, and that means a lot of points. So I think he's got all the opportunity. And honestly, you could have gone any direction here. There's so many, wide, as, as you said in the oh, beginning. Yeah. There are so many wide receivers that change, you know, and so the, the top 10 changes every year and dramatically, probably more so than any other positions. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm taking A.J. Brown as, as, a, as a good shot to finish top 10 next year. All right, so we go D.J. Moore to A.J. Brown to who, Anthony? Uh, before I get into who I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to say I don't like agreeing with you guys on a lot of things. Oh, you don't um, have to tell us that. <laughs> but uh, those are both guys that I could definitely see uh, getting into the top 10. Uh, Thor, your A.J. Brown take, I even uh, can recall, I don't remember which week it was, it was later in the season. Uh, he had like a 70-something yard rushing touchdown. Uh, so they're going to be trying to get him more involved any way that they can. I think that they know they've got a weapon in him. Uh, D.J. Moore, I've been trying to stay off that train because I know you like him a lot, Nick, but uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's the real deal. I think he's going to be big time too. Uh, my guy is somebody who I think is – or people are giving up on way too early. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he had a bad sophomore campaign. Uh, a lot of people could come up with excuses for it. Mason Rudolph is as good of a quarterback as probably us three are, but um, he, he needed. He, it was a, it was just a bad season for him. I don't know if it's just because uh, he wasn't feeling the connection with the quarterback, what it was. But if we look at his rookie season, he had I believe fourteen hundred yards in that in that area with Big Ben at quarterback, and, and he's going to have that connection right away again with Big Ben. He's going to be back. Big Ben's a ten times better quarterback than Mason Rudolph is there's no comparison between the two and uh Big Ben likes to sling the ball he's gonna get yards I believe he even said he doesn't care if he throws interceptions he's just gonna try to get those yards and touchdowns and one thing that we don't talk about enough 
is there's a lot of hype this offseason on Deontay uh, Johnson and uh, James Washington. Juju is younger than both of those guys. So, so we should not be overlooking how, the fact of how good Juju is because he's had a 1,400-yard season as a rookie, one down season, but he's still a freak athlete. He's going to get catches this year. He's going to get touchdowns this year. He's going to be the vocal point of that offense, in my opinion. Um, and this is going to be a big prove-it year for him. He's going to prove to everybody that he's an elite receiver, and he's going to be for a long time. So Juju Smith is my pick on that. I know Thor likes that pick, but uh, I love that that's, pick. Who I'm, <laughs> that's who I'm going with for uh, being a top 10 2020 receiver. Right, I, I, I like those it. guys I need to stop uh, stop hyping up that Deontay Johnson stuff, man. I know. Hey. Look at you, Nick. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> not, he's on my team, so so if we we need to talk about him more, so that we can send this out to certain people, that that's fine. With no, me. They, they, Anthony just said it straight, man. He said it straight. <laughs> Juju's the man in Pittsburgh, man. It's not Deontay Johnson. Come on. And uh, I will say, Big Ben's got that like Jameis Winston mentality that I'm just gonna fucking throw the ball as much as I want and as deep yeah. as I want, but he's probably not going to throw as many picks. And yeah, I like that. I like that AJ Brown take too. I think he's an explosive wide receiver. That's one big play waiting to happen. I think he could probably score you, you know, a, a crazy amount of points just on one or two plays. So if the volume increases, I think his production is going to be outstanding. So he's so young. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I know. Make, he makes me feel old right now. Hey, you're getting there. All right, uh, so let's go to tight ends. Um, let's see what we, uh, the differences from this past year. So 2018 to 2019, the newcomers in the top 10, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Higby, Hunter Henry, and Goddard. So we had some guys that we really didn't expect. I mean, if any one of us could have said, hey, I, I'm going to say – you know, in, in 2018, going into the 2019 season, if we were having this conversation, you said Tyler Higby is going to be in that that conversation or Dallas Goddard's going to be in that con- you know conversation or Darren Waller's going to break out the way he did. There was a lot of surprises at tight end. So um, I think it's a position going into this year, there are so many teams that have a new tight end starting uh, or a young guy that's stepping into the role. Um, you can literally go down the list. I mean, we obviously have the Travis Kelsey and the Kittle and Mark Andrews starting to be put up into that top three tier, but so many guys are are, are, are uh, set up to have a breakout year. So I think this is a tough one because there's so many different names you can throw in. Uh, so um, since you just finished off, Anthony, why, why don't you start off and then we'll go to Thor after that. Who's a, who's a tight end that you, you could see 2020 being in that top 10 conversation? Yeah, uh, as you said, there is definitely a lot of guys that um, come to mind. Um, There's a lot of young guys uh, coming into their second year, I think, that are going to break out. You got Hawkinson, you got Fant. uh, You've got a lot of guys that are good tight ends this year. Uh, It's a pretty deep position if you think about it. Um, I'm looking at it in terms of uh, who I think is a sure thing. And that, in my opinion, is Evan Ingram. Uh, Reason behind that, Evan Ingram is a freak athlete, if he's healthy. So that's the big if for me. If Evan Ingram is healthy, 
I think Daniel Jones has a great weapon in him, and I think he has a great opportunity to be a top 10 tight end. Uh, his run after catch ability is very good. He's a freak athlete, and D Daniel Jones is only going to get better. Uh, he's coming into his second season. He's hopefully going to limit that 18 fumble count uh, and limit those turn turnovers. Uh, you're thinking he's going to have a fully healthy team around him. Uh, Slayton's going to be healthy. Shepard's going to be healthy. Uh, and hopefully Ingram's healthy. And if he's got all those guys on the field, I think that uh, it's going to benefit each and every one of those guys. Uh, Slayton's going to get his. Shepard's going to get his. Ingram's going to get his. And we're forgetting, or I'm forgetting, Saquon Barkley's still on the team. They're probably going to be loading the box a decent amount of times just to stop Saquon. If that happens, Ingram's going to have a great opportunity to get hit down the middle of the field, get some yards. I could see him getting a good target share in that offense, and I could see Daniel Jones having a great season pushing for a top 15, 10 mark. And uh, if that all happens, if everything goes how it should, everybody stays healthy, I'm putting Ingram in my top 10 tight ends for next year. All right. Evan Ingram, New York Giants. Uh, Anthony's got him in the top 10 for 2020. Uh, I'll jump in with mine here, and then we'll go to Thor. Uh, my guy's Mike Kosicki. Um, This past season finished as tight end 12. Uh, if we look at more of the second half of the season, weeks 9 through 17, he, um, he finished tight end 8 uh, during that time. So um, he was already inching into that top 10. Uh, he was in that top 10 for a chunk of the season. Looking at some numbers, third in passing routes for tight ends, so that's huge. Uh, especially if you're comparing him to some of the guys that finished in the top, you know, three to five, that's, that's a uh, very eye-opening. Uh, the one thing we love in fantasy is touchdowns. Um, and Gusecki had 11 end zone targets. That was third for tight ends and eighth overall in the league. So uh, the offense had their eye on him in the end zone. And again, if you have a guy on your fantasy team that is consistently getting looked at in the end zone or in the red zone, that's huge for fantasy. So um, the guy doesn't drop passes. Uh, his target share actually was very good. I know that Preston Williams was out. So, you know, Devontae Parker stopped, uh, stepped up in, in his absence. And then Mike Isicki also was getting a larger target share. But in my opinion, with, uh, with Mike Flores uh, running the team and, and with the, the same sort of uh, offensive mentalities, I think. I, I really don't think it matters if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or if Tua starts day one. I'm not going to say that they're the same caliber quarterback, but I think that seeing Mike Kosicki ball out and having their eye on him as a major target, major end zone target, I can see him being a clear-cut uh, tight end uh, within the top 10 for 2020. And I think we've even, me, me and you, Anthony, had this conversation before, I could even say that Mike Gusecki might be the Darren Waller of this season and have that massive breakout to where he's in that top five uh, conversation. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Mike Gusecki, 2020, and uh, I'll turn it over to Thor from there. I like both of those guys. I really do. Uh, with Ingram, it's just it's the health thing. He's like a Jordan Reed. You know, yep. he's on the field, he's going to produce, but how long is he going to be on the field for? That's the only, that's the only question with him. And yep. I'm a big Mike fan also. But uh, I was also – I wanted to bring up one thing. We are talking about the top ten. So Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard were both in the top ten, right? 
Yeah, I got yep. uh, one, two, three, four for Ertz, and I think Goddard took that 10 spot. When's the last time one team had two top 10 fantasy tight ends? I mean, I, I don't know if we can find that right now, but. No, no, I looked at 2018. That's not the case. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just real quick, like, what kind of tight end duos have we had in the past that really stand out? Have, uh, I mean, Gronkowski Gronk and Aaron yeah. <laughs> That's the only ones I can think of. I know no one wants to. I know no one wants to speak of it, but I mean that's the only other two tight ends on the same team that could have finished top ten. I'm sure there's others out there, but yeah, none that yeah. really stand out. No, that's but, the only uh, one that stands out for me. But uh, I'm gonna move on to uh, my guy at tight end. It's Noah Font. Noah Font's a fant. I, I can't. I don't want to butcher his name, but I see them both. Yep. <laughs> But uh, he finished his tight end 16 in 2019, and that's that's not bad. That's not bad for finishing as 20 uh, tight end 16 in your rookie season. Uh, we all know and we all hear the same thing about rookie tight ends and the learning curve is so much longer for them. So him taking that big of a step his rookie year is very promising. Uh, he also did it with two different quarterbacks. He did it with Flacco and Drew Locke. Yep. And uh, he's a nightmare mismatch almost like an Evan Ingram you know he is bigger than all the DBs that are going to cover him and he is faster than all the linebackers that are going to cover him so he's going to get plenty of opportunities to be open uh, Drew Locke seems very promising as a quarterback uh, I don't know if you guys you know are on are on the Drew Locke hype train but I do think he's going to be very very successful and with the weapons in Denver it kind of goes both ways I could I could play devil's advocate it could go against Noah Font, or it can go, you know, for him in his favor. Uh, I seem to think it's going to go in his favor because I just, if you got all that talent on the outside with, you know, Jerry Judy now, Cortland Sutton, even KJ Hamler, who can take a top off a of defense from the slot, um, that middle of the field is going to be, I don't want to say wide open, but it's going to be open, you know, and you also got a very good running game in Denver. Uh, you got a, a two-headed monster, I'd say, with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. So they're going to have a very balanced offense, too, which helps the tight end in play action and everything like that. So when I'm looking for a tight end in fantasy football, I'm going to pick talent. You know, I'm, I can't – yes, going for the old – I mean, Jason Witten, I think, just missed the top ten this year. How? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I got to go – I think this might be the year where the, the younger talent – kind of starts taking over and pushing some of those older guys out completely. Uh, I really like Noah Font, and I think that's that's my guy in 2019 and 2020 in the tight end position. All right. Well, I think uh, looking at all three, I think health's a factor. I think quarterback play is going to be a major factor, too, with um, some question marks on uh, two of ours. Um, it's so interesting in 2018, uh, obviously Kelsey Ertz Kittle, that's your three from 2018, just looking two years back. Ebron had that huge season where he was one of the, uh, touchdown leaders, if not the touchdown leader, uh, Jared Cook, that's not a ma major surprise. Austin Hooper, that's not a major surprise, but then listen to this. We go Rudolph Burton and Joku McDonald. So that was your bottom of the top 10 two years ago. So it's crazy how the times changes. <laughs> for tight ends but man I, I looked at that list and it was just kind of kind of gross a little bit but uh yeah I, I could see all three of these guys stepping in and uh and being there um so yeah 
why don't we switch gears now? So we, we uh, looked at the positives, some positives of some guys. Now we're going to look at some negatives for these positions. So I'll read off the top 10 for a position, and we will all say a guy that we think might drop out of that top 10 for 2020. Uh, just because it's only 10 guys that we're talking about, we're not going to make sure that we have different guys or anything like that because it's a small sample size. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be super uh, in depth, but looking at the list for 2019 quarterbacks in order, it went like this uh, for, for most leagues, Jackson, Prescott, Winston, Wilson, Watson, Allen, Murray, Mahomes, Wentz, Rogers. Let's go with Anthony. Anthony, who's the guy in that top 10 that you can see dropping out of the top 10 for 2020? Uh, you know, this one was a little difficult for me. Um, yeah, I do like a lot of these guys. Um, I think a lot of them can repeat in the top 10. Uh, you guys might not agree with me on this one. Don't um, say Jameis Winston. Don't say Jameis Winston. Yeah, that one, yeah, I, I left him out of it. I wanted yeah, to, I, I, I wanted left him out too. Because it was, you know, it was, it was definitely the chalk, chalk pick. And I kind of yeah. want to be right on my first podcast. We're going to jinx it now, and he's going to somehow sneak in. There's going to be some fluke, and he's going to sneak in somehow. But no, but go ahead. Now, go ahead. I, I got I to gotta change my uh, guy really quick. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, my guy for 2020 that I don't see being in that top 10 is uh, Deshaun Watson. Oof. That is hard for me to say because I think he's an elite quarterback. I think that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. But don't get me wrong. But my issue with Deshaun Watson for 2020 is I am not confident in the team that's around him. Um, we're looking at his receivers. Uh, Will Fuller, does he have potential? Yes. Can he stay healthy? I've yet to see it. Brandon Cooks, is he a good receiver? Yes. Can he stay healthy? Probably not. I'm, I'm glad you said maybe or probably. I thought you were going to say after each one of these guys, can he stay healthy? No. <laughs> or something like that. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> then, then we're just looking tight end situation. Is, is it Darren Fells this year? If it is, I'm not confident in Darren Fells. Then you've got Randall Cobb. I'm not sold on these wide receivers in his tight end situation here. I think David Johnson can be an impact for him catching out of the backfield, which, which will be a positive, but, but losing Hopkins, that go-to receiver, that guy that has a big target share, I think it's going to impact him, especially if these guys cannot stay healthy. So I like Watson. He, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league for me, but I don't like the situation he's in. I actually don't think that he's very happy with the situation he's in either. We saw him voice concerns uh, with the organization when they traded Hopkins. He wasn't happy that they traded Hopkins. So I don't know if there's going to be a disconnect this year uh, because of him being a little upset. If his receivers can't stay healthy, I can't see him being a top 10 uh, quarterback for 2020. Uh, again, love Watson, just situation-wise, I'm not liking what's going on in, in uh, Texas over there. You, you, you love Watson, you just hate Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I, exactly. 
he's just he's got to go. Like, I mean, he is it's almost giving me the Chip Kelly kind of feel, you know? We're like, dude, a little little less GM, more coaching. You know, the whole Hopkins fiasco. You don't care who you are. There's there's no person in their right mind that thinks they got correct value for for <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Nobody. Nobody, not even close. There's just no way. Somewhere he was put it into a calculator, though, and, and it added up in his head, though. So, I I don't know. I think he just – I think he wants to be a Bill Belichick, and you can't just be – turn it turn a team over to the New England Patriots like that. Yeah. You know, it's – you got to earn it. You got to earn that kind of respect. And Bill O'Brien really hasn't done much to earn that respect. But I am on, I am on the same page with you, Anthony. Same page, 100%. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Watson. Um, he does have the uh, the rushing ability. We did see we did see him be elite at times. So I'm a believer. And if Brandon Cooks is 100% healthy for 16 games, then he could be a good option. He's had some good flashes in the past, uh, but kind of up in the air. We saw flashes from Fuller too. But yeah, health's a concern with some of these guys. Um, Thor, who, who do you have on this list? You think potentially can drop out? Was that your also your guy? No, it wasn't actually, uh, but Anthony made some really good points and I can totally see putting his name down because when you look at this top 10 of quarterbacks, a lot of these guys are going to stay. Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys got the staying power. They got the, the weapons behind them and they got the talent and uh, some of them don't have really good defenses, so they're going to be in shootouts all the time. Yeah. But uh, my guy is 100% Josh Allen. Oh, I like that. I like that, Thor. My guy. I, I, I get it. Don't do this to me, Thor. Not, not, not before the season. Like Josh Allen, he's a likable guy. Okay, he is. But the guy is not a good thrower of the football. Can he throw it a mile? Yes. But so can Uncle Rico. All right. Doesn't make him a good quarterback. All right. You can throw it a mile, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't make you good. But. I understand his rushing upside is a reason to want to put him in the top 10 because, I mean, he's done it. I think he ran, he ran for 510 yards and nine touchdowns. Yeah. That's, that, that's outstanding. And, of course, you're going to want a guy like that to start on your team. And you want a guy like that to be in the top 10. But I feel like there's so many quarterbacks in this league that can throw the ball better than him from the pocket and also run. And I just think defenses are going to catch up to him a little bit. They're going to, you know, I, don't, I know everyone says you'll stack the box and make him throw from the pocket, but that's reality. That's what they're going to do. They're mm-hmm. going to suck him into one pocket. And if he's forced to win a game from the pocket, it's, it's going to be very ugly. I don't care who you add. If you add Stefan Diggs, of course, it helps him a little bit. Because Stefan Diggs is a pretty good route runner. So, I mean, he'll be open. But to throw to open receivers, you need to be accurate. And he's not. Josh Allen's career completion percentage is 56.3. And actually, I think I, I, I found this myself, but Anthony actually mentioned it in our boxer chat in the gauntlet league. Mitch Trubisky's career percentage is 63.4. Is it higher than that? No, no. He's, he's higher than yes, Allen. 63.4% for Mitch Trubisky. And yep. we all know that everyone wants to joke about Mitch Trubisky, about how he's not accurate, and he misses Allen Robinson wide open on slants all day long. He's got a better percentage rate than Josh Allen. That scares me, and there's no way 
I'm going to put that kind of quarterback in the top ten again. Can't do it. He's not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a freak of nature. Josh Allen is not. And if he keeps running the ball like a fullback, trying to run people over, he's going to get hurt as well. But there's just too many options out there that, like I said, can throw from the pocket, can win games from the pocket, and do the same thing. Not Maybe not as much. Maybe not get 510 yards and nine touchdowns, but you even look at a guy like, and he's unproven because he hasn't played a game yet, but Joe Burrow, you know, he can win a game in the, in the pocket, at least at the college level. I mean, he's got to be seen at the NFL. He was the first guy that popped in my head. That might have been the jersey. I'm not sure. But, I mean, he can move. Most quarterbacks in this league can move a little bit. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz can win a game from the pocket, and he could also scramble for, you know, 30, 25, 30 yards a game and add in five, ten touchdowns. So, if I'm a betting man, there's no way I'm betting with Josh Allen as a top-ten quarterback this year. No way. All right. Hey, go, going going off on that really quick, um, Thor, you already know I agree with you on that. I'm I argue with Nick all the time about Josh Allen. I don't think he's a uh, quarterback. I think he could run. And I'll save but, it. Uh, it's good. <laughs> but looking at looking at Josh Allen um, and, and those stats I sent in that group, uh, Trubisky having a better passing percentage than Josh Allen doesn't scare their his owners a little bit. Are are we not noticing that? because of the rushing numbers or because they're winning games because they have a top five defense. I think that Josh Allen is the biggest imposter in the league right now for quarterbacks it's, that are elite. It's, so it's uh, a good point. I'm with think, you on that. I think you nailed it on the head, you know, he's winning football games. Yep. You know I mean, but yep. when, and, and yes, he finished top 10. I mean, he did, but you take away 510 yards rushing and nine touchdowns and he's still going to be up there. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, the Buffalo's winning. They made the playoffs. So he's relevant, you know? Yep. He's winning, winning ball games, so he's relevant. As soon as Buffalo starts losing games, they're going to be talking about him being a bust again. But yep. I don't want to rain on Nick's parade too much. So <laughs> let's let him pick another quarterback. He looks very upset right now. Oh, no. <laughs> My my only my only counters, and I don't want to get too too deep into this. My only counters were John Brown. If you were confident in John Brown before this season, let me know all the guys you are confident in going into twenty twenty because I don't think anybody's seen John Brown being a like top twenty wide receiver when he missed a few games, and then Cole Beasley came back to life too. Those were the options that this guy's throwing to, and he didn't really have a solid tight end. So the accuracy, shit. The accuracy numbers are bad. They're bad. But I think if this guy's going to turn John Brown into a very fantasy-relevant wide receiver this past year, and now he's got a little bit more of a – like you said, the rushing numbers helped him big time. But, I mean, you're adding a Zach Moss who's going to take on that, you know, Gord uh, role. He's got Singletary. I think I'm not, I'm not going to take him out of the top ten. Maybe he doesn't finish QB6. I mean, QB6, he's ahead of – I mean, Kyler Murray, Mahomes missed some games, you know, so we're not going to say anything about that, but Carson Wentz. But, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna rip my guy Josh Allen too much, and we, we might have to just make a whole podcast out of, out of, out of doing that between the, the three of us. <laughs> um, going off of that really quick, though, uh, didn't Mitch Trubisky make Tariq Cohen very fantasy relevant? Uh, I think it's very different when you're throwing to a guy out of the backfield than throwing down the field to a guy who's a downfield threat like John Brown. But we keep throwing Mitch Trubisky into these comparisons. I think it's 
kind of off, especially when he's going to lose that job with Nick Foles. But that's another, that's another <laughs> podcast. That's another podcast. Just keep Somebody's got to write these down. All right, I'm going to move on before we turn this podcast into the Anthony and Thor versus Josh Allen and Nick. Uh, my guy, my guy, and I had uh, my phone out here. No, my guy was uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go with the, the guy who finished in 10th place. Um, so many games where he's having – zero or one touchdowns. I, I don't know if that's a Aaron Rodgers thing or if it's a he doesn't have support thing. Obviously, they shocked the world, the Packers. Like we said this on the last pod, Anthony. Um, they didn't draft any of the wide receivers in the deepest wide receiver class and, and, and you know, God knows who long. Um, Alan Lazard, I think we talked about this also. I think he's going to be there too. Uh, and I think he showed some flashes and has a relationship with Rodgers, but Man, I mean, Devonta Adams, when you're throwing to him in 12 games, more than you're throwing to anybody in 16 for other teams, for a lot of guys, I, I think I think they just have issues with supporting him on the throw. Jay Sternberger might be their, their tight end, and he I, I'm a believer in him. But, again, like, he doesn't have the passing support, I don't think. He had a handful of very average to below average games this, this past season. I mean, we saw the shocker against the 49ers when, you know, they beat them up big time. Obviously, one of the best defenses, in, you know, in the league. But bad games against Dallas, average against the Chargers. Uh, just going down the list, Minnesota had a bad game. I think I think Rodgers, I think he's going to have, like you said before, Anthony, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to, like – go to his coach and stick it to him. Like you're going to use that pick on Jordan love and not a guy like whoever else he, they could have took, you know, taken for wide receiver. But I, I see the Packers as a very run heavy offense. I think they're still going to pound the rock with Aaron Jones. I think AJ Dillon's going to get some touches, maybe not early on, but somewhere in the season uh, because they still have Jamal Williams. So I don't see the Packers as a super pass heavy offense. I think Rogers numbers in fantasy strictly fantasy speaking, have declined a bit. And, and he barely, you know, hung on to that top 10. So I took the easy route and took the number 10 guy to fall off of that top 10. The only thing I got to ask is, I know I, I watched your podcast before and uh, your Twitter questions. Sure. Do you still believe, and if you believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to drop out of the top 10, you still believe that, Devontae Adams still has a better chance of being a wide receiver one over Tyreek Hill. I, I do because of the, uh, the passing volume to him. I, I don't think the quarterback's got to be a top five guy to produce a guy who's going to be excellent just because of the, the volume of the targets. Like we talked about Tyreek. I think Kelsey might out, out target Tyreek. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I could well, be completely wrong, but um, it will. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think when a guy's getting like, I forgot what the number was. I think it was 127 targets in 12 games Devontae Adams had. I yep. mean, you're, you're just feeding a guy. So, I, yeah, I understand that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah, I still, I still, I'm still going to keep him out of the top 10. If, if he's 12, then he's 12. But, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is also talented enough to target one guy most of the time yeah. and still get it there. Yeah. You know, it's – he can get away with those kind of things. Like, you know, the other guys can't, you know, so I, I see that. And I could, I really, I think we all have a question on what direction that uh, the Packers offense is going in, especially when they drafted AJ Dillon. Yep. You know, they, gra they grabbed another guy that's going to pound the rock. I'm like, 
I mean, it doesn't make sense to me, but I mean, it, it does because of Lafleur and where you know that's that's what he used to do is a ground heavy attack. It just doesn't make sense that we're talking about a ground heavy attack with Aaron Rodgers. It it doesn't make sense. But hey, those guys are making the big bucks, and that's why we're you know doing fantasy football podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick question, and just make it super short for both of you guys. Is there any chance that Lafleur putting his foot down? Not, not, not as a full-time season sort of thing, but is there any chance where there's a game or two or maybe more where he says, hey, this is my guy drafted. I'm, I'm going to put in Jordan Love for this game. Like maybe it's in the second half of a game here and there. Is there any chance of that in your guys' opinion? In my opinion, I mean, they drafted Jordan Love in the first. So, yeah, there's got to be a, a slight chance at the least, you know? Wow. Think about that. I don't understand and, it. Yeah, and going off that, like, Rodgers has a very strong personality, and Lafleur being a newer coach, he he can't disrespect Lafleur like in public and kind of get away with it, or else Lafleur is going to lose the team. So I see at some point Rodgers' strong personality kicking in. Maybe he makes a couple comments he shouldn't have made, and I can see him getting benched. I can see it happening. Who knows with a new coach? I mean, look, I mean, it has like nothing to do with fantasy football, but. It could have the same sort of thing. You took over a team in the gauntlet, Anthony. You know, me and Thor were in the Dynasty League before. You you were the new owner, and you just blew it up. You just blew it up and said, I'm making it my own. So I'm not going to say LaFleur is blowing things up and making it his own, but I think a, a young head coach likes to put a stamp on some things. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's likely, but I, I wouldn't say it's impossible to to not happen. Well, it's not impossible, especially when you look at what they did to Favre. Yeah. yeah. They, pushed Favre, they pushed Favre out the door, and he wasn't done. I mean, he had some really good years in Minnesota. He wasn't done. So, history can repeat itself once more. And if that's the case, Aaron Rodgers, come on to Chicago. You're more than welcome. Okay. <laughs> Thor, Thor gives a thumbs up on that. So, we'll, we'll go into the uh, the running backs here. I'll, I'll read you guys the list. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. So, it's going straight down the list. Jones. Aaron Jones. Zeke. Eckler. Henry. Cook. Fournette, Chubb, Kamara, and Barkley. So we'll we'll take the snake approach just for this round, and, and I'll start this one off. Um, but the uh, the guy I'm gonna put in there, and again, if we say these guys fall out of the top ten, it doesn't mean that they're gonna end up running right. back, quarterback twenty or something. They could be eleven or twelve or whatever. But uh, I'm gonna go with Fournette. Um, the reason I'm gonna go with Fournette is because I'm questioning if he still is going to be as involved in that passing game as he was this past season. He had two games with, uh, with nine receptions, which is huge for a PPR league. He had a game with seven. He had some with six. Um, he had a lot of receptions in that offense. And I'm not saying Chris Thompson is a massive signing or anything like that, but we've all seen Chris Thompson kind of sneak into some relevant uh, relevancy here and there in PPR leagues because he's a pass catching back. He's not a guy that's going to run the rock all the time. So if they brought in Chris Thompson with the intent to give him some passing work and that takes away from Fournette in PPR formats, that that's going to hurt his stock a bit. I also, I also don't think the Jags are going to be that, that great this year. Um, that's my opinion. I, I think they're going to be one of the lower ended teams. Um, so to me, that changes the game script. And if, potentially, so this is all hypothetical, if Fournette's going to run the rock and pound the ball 
if Chris Thompson's going to take that passing work away and the Jags are losing in games, they're going to throw the ball a lot. So if Fournette loses those receptions, if they're chasing games and you got Minshew throwing the ball deep to Chark and Chenault and, you know, to Westbrook or whoever else is involved, might just be a tough season for Fournette owners. And I, you know, I listen to the fantasy footballers and they were actually very low on Fournette, uh, going into this next season. I'm not going to say that. I don't think he drops like tremendously, but I think with some of these factors, again, the game script, Chris Thompson, maybe uh, I could see him dropping out of that top 10 just because it's so tough to be a top 10 running back. And in my opinion, we looked at how many guys were added one, two, three, four, five, six out of 10 guys were not top 10 in 2018. So got to think about these things and how, uh, you know, situations change over time. So Burnett's my guy. Uh, we'll, we'll go to you, Thor. I had a hard time uh, figuring out who I was going to pick, but I'm going with Aaron Jones. Might not be the most popular pick. Uh, I don't know. I just – sometimes with fantasy football, it's not all about numbers and just about having a hunch, you know, yeah. and I just got that hunch about Aaron Jones. Do I think the kid's super talented? He is. He's, he's uber talented. But I also think we're going to see a huge touchdown regression. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have the number in front of me on how many touchdowns he had last year, but I know he had a few, I think, three-plus touchdown games. I know he had one four-touchdown game. But uh, them drafting A.J. Dillon, I mean, it's not like they drafted the kid in the third round and later. They drafted him in the second. Mm-hmm. So when you draft somebody in the second round, you're going to give them some play. And I just think A.J. Dillon's fit is the goal line. You know, and if we think they're going to go more ground and pound, it's going to take away those touchdowns. If you take away those touchdowns, and I think you, you knock them out of the top ten. Uh, so it disturbs me that they, t- that they took A.J. Dillon in the second round. Uh, what else do I got here? And it comes down to usage, like we said. And Green Bay is just weird sometimes. <laughs> when they have t- – there's no other way to put it. I don't like them, and they still make the playoffs all the time. I, I don't understand it. But when they have talent, like sometimes they don't utilize it all the way. And I think Aaron Rodgers talks about it. You know, I think he's been open about it a few times. I know he's been open about them not drafting him any weapons, and then when they do have weapons, they don't want to use them. I mean, he's he's been vocal about that. So he may or may not drop out of the top 10, but with that touchdown regression and if AJ Dillon is stealing some touches, then he needs to do some damage in the passing game. But if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers taking a dip, I don't know if we're going to see Aaron Jones there. And then you talk about durability too. He hasn't been the most durable. I don't, I don't think I don't have numbers in front of me. I could be wrong on that, but uh, I can see him taking a dip. And like we said, when we're talking about missing the top 10, we're not saying he's going to be undraftable, you know, He's just going to be – he might be top 15. I just don't think he's going to be at that elite level. He's not going to be that elite RB1, probably maybe more of a fringe RB2. But we'll see. I could be wrong on that one. I wasn't 100% uh, in agreement with myself when I was talking about it, but I can definitely see it, and that's that's the direction I'm going to go. These ones are tough, guys dropping out, you know, because all these guys that are in the top 10 are good. You know, they were in the top 10 last year for a reason, but I can see Aaron Jones taking a dip. All right. So, we got Matt, Aaron Jones, and Anthony, you can uh, you can finish us off there with the third one here. Yeah, uh, Nick, I agree. Fournette, I can see him dropping out. Uh, Thor, 
uh, Aaron Jones is top five running back 2020. Uh, <laughs> definitely, in my opinion, <laughs> just because he's on my team. But uh, that's, that, opinion. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, biased opinion. But uh, I'm going to take some heat on this one. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this going to jeopardize this podcast or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, right. I, I think uh, I mute. will hear something from this from people. Uh, get Camara out of the top ten for me. Ooh. A lot of people view Camara as a top three, top four running back in the NFL. I am not high. I'm not. I'm not as high as most people are on Camara. Um, one stat that sticks out to me is he has yet to have a thousand yard rushing season. And if you view that guy as a elite top five running back, I think that you need to be able to do both pass catch and run the ball. We haven't seen a thousand yard season for him, for him rushing yet. Is that an issue? I think it is. You got a good running back behind him in Latavius Murray who shined when Kamara was hurt. Uh, so I'm at the point where I'm questioning is the hype because of the passing game, the receptions, or because he's a good running back? Um, looking at it, obviously he's talented. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but in that Saints offense, you should be able to eat. That's a great offense to be in. You've got Drew Brees. You've got arguably the best wide receiver in the league with Michael Thomas. You got Jared Cook, who who was very efficient last year. Um, they've got a lot of weapons on that team to where the rushing game should be pretty open for Kamara. And it, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. He hasn't hit that thousand yard mark yet. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 2020, he gets a thousand yards. He's a top five running back. I look stupid for saying this, but I'm not as high as everybody else is on him just because. I need to see the rushing ability. Um, if he hits that thousand yard mark, which many running backs who are worse than him have done, props to him. He's going to have a good season. But receptions and rushing are going to make a elite running back for me. So if they're not both there, I'm not going to have him in my top ten. Uh, so that's just my little hot take for us here. Uh, you guys might disagree with me, but that thousand yard stat just really stuck out to me. Thor, uh, Anthony gave you a little bit of a pushback on Aaron Jones. Are you going to give him one on Kamara? Uh, I think the guy's uber talented, and I think he belongs in the top ten because of his talent. But <laughs> it was kind of questionable when they got rid of uh, Mark Ingram and they immediately went out and got Latavius Murray. I mean, it's just Sean Payton. And it's not a knock on Kamara. I mean, I think he can do it if he was in a different situation. He was playing for a different team, but – Sean Payton's offense is, as long as I can remember, it's always been a two-running back system. So I can, I can totally see why Anthony feels that way. Uh, I personally think he's still going to be in the top ten. I think he just does. He just, he's a big play guy, man. I mean, I was watching a little bit on Twitter and just his option route that he runs. And his option route alone is ridiculous because the linebacker doesn't last a chance. And if Breeze catches them in that situation where he can either go on an out or he can do that Texas route where it's a hard angle to the middle, the linebacker can't keep up with it if he's playing man. And Kamara just – he took – I think the video that I was watching showed him at least take seven, seven at least 50 yards. So, yeah. in PPR formats, he's definitely going to crack top ten for me. 
standard maybe not maybe not standard standard i think I, i'm on i'm on board with you but ppr i think he makes it yeah it's a good good system to be a be a running back we i, I was at the uh, the bears saints game this this past year and uh camaro was out and murray was in and he ran all over the bears and had a 30 something point week um and i think he did that twice so it's just it's a it's a good system but yeah some question marks there from uh, what anthony said uh for this one we'll go snake again too uh, we'll start with anthony but We'll shift to the wide receivers. Uh, I'll read you guys a list from 2019. Obviously, Michael Thomas was number one. Then it went Chris Godwin, Jones, Cup, Hopkins, Allen, Edelman, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Cooper. It was weird saying Jones instead of Julio. That's why I had to pause myself for a second. Uh, but yeah, so Anthony. If you had to take one of those guys out of the top 10 for 2020, who are you taking out? Well, I think that uh, we could all agree, uh, in my opinion, I think there's two easy answers. In Edelman, I don't see cracking the top 10 news quarterback situation. Uh, and Cooper Cup, I'm just not a big fan of his. I think that uh, he exceeded expectations, had double-digit touchdowns. I don't see that again happening because of their line and uh, you still got Robert Woods there who's going to steal targets um, Higby who stepped up but my take is not either of them I am going to go with Michael Thomas another one that might give me some heat here is uh, Chris Godwin I am not seeing him as a top 10 receiver for 2020 reason behind that Buccaneers last year we're losing a lot of games and throwing the ball a lot. Winston, as Thor said earlier, produced stats because he's throwing the ball so much. I don't think we're going to see Tom Brady throwing the ball as much as Winston did last year. Tom Brady might not have as many yards. He might not have as many touchdowns as Winston did. Um, in my opinion, Tom Brady's going to manage the game. They're going to be up games and he's going to control the flow of the game. That's going to hurt values of guys like Godwin and Mike Evans. Uh, the volume I don't think is going to be there for 2020. I still think that they produce. Don't get me wrong. I just can't see Godwin being top 10, um, especially in top two like he was last year. Um, Tom Brady is a phenomenal quarterback. He's going to get everybody involved. I could see the OJ Howard getting a decent amount of targets just because Tom Brady is there. I could see uh, that. Boy. running back that I can't pronounce his last name with a O, uh, getting some targets. Dare. Um, I'm Dare. Yeah, Dare. I could see Dare getting targets. It, it's going to be a spread out team. Tom Brady is elite. He's going to get everybody involved. He's going to control the flow of the game. Uh, I think Mike Evans and Godwin are both great receivers. I don't see them cracking top 10. I think that they'll maybe be around a 11 to 20 range uh, just because volume is not going to be the same as last year. So a little bit of a hot take. I know a lot of people are very high on Godwin, but um, in my opinion, just because of the quarterback change, there won't be as much volume and I don't have Godwin in my top 10 for 2020. All right. So Anthony is going to take Godwin out. And uh, just remember if you are uh, highly against that, that that's uh, Anthony, it's at Anthony PQW fantasy. <laughs> Uh, Thor, Thor, give us uh, your guy uh, and any comments on Anthony's. Uh, 
no, I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, there's there's a lot of mouths to feed. There really is. And some can question Tom Brady's arm strength. But I don't think we really know what kind of arm strength he really has because he didn't have outside receivers in New England. True. I mean, he was – we always say that, oh, he was just a check down guy and he was throwing the only Edelman over the middle. Who else was he supposed to throw to? So, I mean, really, who else is he supposed to throw to? Because the best receiver to kill Harry, most likely, he was injured. And he wasn't playing, and he didn't get he didn't get the reps with with Brady. And Brady is a big chemistry kind of guy. You know, he's he's got to be on the same page 100. So I could see it. A lot of mouths to feed, but I st- I'm still big. I'm still pretty high high on Godwin this year. So I, I'm still going to say he's going to hit top 10. All right, all right. Who's your guy? Uh, it kills me to say this, like it's going to hurt coming out of my mouth. But uh, Amari Cooper is my guy that is not going to finish in the top 10 this year, and a crazy stat that I looked up. I was looking up fantasy pros uh, because they had a really cool thing where you can look at the wider seat, you know, look at where they finished and you can edit the certain weeks. Uh, if you take out week one, he's not a wider seat. He's not in the top 10. You take out week one only. And he's not in the top 10. He was, he finished as wide receiver 13. If you take away week one. Interesting. I mean, that, that's, that's huge. This is one week. And I'm pretty sure he played every single game that last year. And now you take away Randall Cobb. So, yeah, you take away Randall Cobb, more targets for Cooper. Then they go and draft C.D. Lamb. So, I mean, and C.D. Lamb, everyone knows he's a, he's a playmaker. He's going to get the ball. It doesn't matter if he's, if he's a rookie or not. He's going to get the ball. He's going to get the opportunity. And let's not act like Gallup isn't a good receiver because he is a very good wide receiver. So there's two wide receivers in the same group as him. They're going to take more targets from him. And you also, everyone's talking about Jarwin taking a huge leap at tight end. Well, if he's taking a huge leap, then that means he's going to get the targets. Yeah. So I just don't see it. I don't see Cooper getting there. Um, we all know Zeke is going to get the carries, so they're not going to go to this. I, I don't see Dak Prescott throwing the ball 40 times a game. I think they have a legit shot in winning, and I just don't see them risking it by – putting everything on Dak's shoulders and spreading all the targets around in order for Cooper to be a, a top 10 wide receiver. I highly doubt it. Um, I see him going like 15, 20 to be honest. I see him taking that much of a drop, not, not just out of the top 10, but possibly out of the top 15. Interesting. All right. Yeah. And it hurts me to say that because I'm a huge fan of Amari Cooper and yeah. his talent. Because when I go for wide receivers, I like wide receivers that have that route, run, route running ability and make DBs look silly, and Cooper can do that. But I just I don't see it. I don't see it, especially with you, you take away Randall Cobb, you still have Gallup, and now we got C.D. Lamb, who is going to – he's going to get his, his good chunk of targets. All right. Uh, so I get the – the third call on this, so I might repeat some stuff. But uh, I agree with you, Anthony, on the Chris Godwin. I, I don't know if I'll take him out of the top ten completely, but I think it's just going to be a different sort of offense that's managed uh, a lot different than just slinging the ball down the field and and this and that. And, and uh, I'm a I'm a Evans over Godwin guy personally, but uh, he could still maybe fall into that top ten. Cooper Cup was the guy I thought about because second half of the season, Cooper Cup fell off big time. He had huge numbers first half, second half that was declining. So 
that's interesting. I wrote down, and I won't go too, too deep into these guys just because we, we spoke on them already, but I wrote down Edelman and uh, Cooper. With Edelman, I think new offense, what if they start running the ball more? Um, what if they rely on the defense and, and it's more of a pound the rock and manage the game? I, I don't know if Edelman and Stidham are going to be the connection that it was with Brady and Edelman. Um, we, we, we've seen Edelman kind of declining on some of his uh, efficiency too, dropping some passes and things like that. So we don't know what's going to happen with New England. I'm not going to put Edelman in the top 10. I might struggle to put him in the top 15 even. Uh, who's to say that Nikhil Harry doesn't step up and become uh, that number one receiver on that team? I, I don't know. Uh, the, the other guy, again, I'm not going to talk too much about, but I had Amari Cooper too. I do see a world, and I've said this before, the Rams in the past when they had Cooks, Cup, and Woods all healthy, all three of those guys you could probably start as your wide receiver or in the flex spot, all three guys. I see the same sort of thing, maybe not day one, but I see the same sort of thing where you can flex or start Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. Maybe it's a, a long shot, but I think all three guys can be relevant. So if all three guys are relevant, I don't think one guy becomes the, the alpha, uh, meaning that they're going to be a top 10 guy. So I think that takes Amari Cooper out of the question if the other two guys are, are, are eating enough to be startable. So yeah, I'm going to go Edelman and Cooper on that one. Um, we can just move, move to tight end. Uh, we'll go snake again. So I'll just start it off. Um, I got uh, for tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, I, I'm gonna have him dropping out, uh, and I'm not trying to take, I'm not trying to take a, a jab at the guy because he already had one at him this this past week. So uh, that, I, was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> I had to throw in something on that. I'm not making fun of him at all. That's kind of bullshit that that happened. But I you got a dad yet, man. But you got the dad jokes down. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm getting close. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Goddard. Uh, I think. He was the beneficiary of being a stud tight end. I mean, he, he's very good, but I think they also lacked the, the wide receiver depth and the pieces throughout the year, which enabled him to be more factored into the, um, the offense and give him more target volume this past season. They did run the most two tight end sets in the league. I think the Vikings did that a decent amount too, but uh, I still think Goddard will be very relevant, but I don't see him as being a top 10 tight end, especially when uh, I said earlier, you can go down the list and, and say guys like, you know, Joe New Smith and Chris Herndon and Jay Sternberger and Dawson Knox and all these young guys that might step up, Irv Smith Jr., all, all these guys that might step up and a guy who's going to be second to Ertz. And then you, you add Jalen Rager and uh, you got Alshon Jeffries going to be hurt. So we don't know what's going on with him. And, Marquise Goodwin and hopefully a Deshaun Jackson is probably going to be their, their stud early on. So I think with having some wide receiver pieces now, I don't see Goddard getting that top 10 volume. So I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard stepping out of the top 10, but still being fantasy relevant. So uh, Thor, we'll turn it to you, man. All right. I apologize if you hear my kids in the background. Okay. All, All good. You know. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Two face in the face. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, man. He's uh. To my wife, but I'm gonna have to pay for it later. So. Oh, I, I, yeah. You know what? My wife had to take care of two kids during this whole thing, but hey, it's worth it. Uh, whatever I gotta do. 
but uh, but uh, Dallas Goddard was actually my guy. All right. I was actually going to mention him as well, and honestly, for the same reasons. I think he nailed that one on the head. He was definitely involved more because he was, uh, well, one of the only options that he had that once had. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one. But uh, I guess I could also make a case for Jared Cook dropping out of the top ten. Uh, I feel like with the addition, you got him up there too? Yep. Yeah, I wrote down Cook. I didn't say him, but, yeah, it's, it's Goddard and Cook. Yeah, I, uh, I just – but Jared Cook, I mean, Father Time's going to catch up. Yeah. And I think it's uh, 33 years old. I mean, I, th- I think he's still going to be a startable tight end. I'm not, I'm not saying don't don't start him, but I don't think you should have the expectations that he's going to hit top 10 again. Uh, he was extremely efficient last year, like to the point where it's questionable if he's going to be able to do that again. Uh, he was a he did very very touchdown dependent from what I saw, and I mean now you got. Like I said, he got the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. I think uh, Traquan Smith is going to make a pretty big uh, emergence. And and uh, Kamara, obviously, taking away those targets too. Uh, I was really prepared to do my Dallas Goddard one, so you sniped me there. But Yeah, uh, yeah. that's why I got that snake. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, also, I, if I can remember uh, correctly, New Orleans also drafted a tight end too in the third round, did they not? Troutman, Troutman. So that, I was going to add that after you went, but I, I actually liked him out of college. I think he was my tight end three, and it was close for him being second. You know, Komet was the number one, but yeah, Troutman's a, a good tight end who might get some reps. So uh, it'll be interesting if you can get on the field or not. But I, I, I like Troutman. So, Anthony, who, who do you have at uh, tight end? So uh, I completely agree with your guys' take. Um, There's a lot of tight ends I actually think are going to fall out of the top 10, and I think there's going to be a lot of new ones when we're taking a look back at this uh, after the 2020 season. Um, One guy that I am not a believer in is Tyler Higby. Uh, I am not a believer in the Rams offense right now. Um, I'm not a believer in Jared Goff. I'm not buying into the hype about Higby. Uh, you still got Cooper Cup there. Uh, you still got Robert Woods there, uh, who are both going to get a big target share each. Um, then the running game, I think they're going to try to use Cam Akers. Um, they're going to probably involve Henderson at, in some way, shape, or form. Um, their offensive line is very bad. So they have a bad line, and – it got worse this season, I think, this offseason. Um, they didn't add anybody notable. Um, they're going to have trouble this year. Uh, I think Goff's going to have some issues this year finding protection, and that's going to hurt his receivers. Uh, I already mentioned I can't see Cooper Cup repeating in a top-10 performance, and I, I'm going to say the same thing about Tyler Higby. Uh, I'm not seeing the Rams being a very high-powered offense this year. Uh, and a huge factor is going to be that bad offensive line. So um, unless they figure it out, uh, make some improvements there, uh, sort it out and protect Goff to where he could make plays happen, I don't see uh, Tyler Higby being a top 10 tight end. All right, so we got uh, Goddard. We touched on Jared Cook and then Tyler Higby for Anthony. So uh, 
again, just recap and talked about the top 10 for 2020 guys. We think that can step into that role guys. We think that are going to fall out of that role based off of last season. So, um, yeah, we've been on here for a decent amount of time now. Uh, I think we can cut it there. Uh, Anthony, where, where could we find you on Twitter? Uh, new Twitter, just made it within the last week here, uh, at AnthonyP2W. Uh, give me a follow. Help me out a little bit. I know I'm trying to catch up to Nick a little bit, but uh, probably not going to happen for a very long time. So uh, give me a follow if you can. How about you, Thor? Uh, on Twitter, at FFThorMikey. Uh, been on Twitter for a while. Come on, give me a follow. And uh, I will uh, – I have just – joining p2w has sparked me back into uh indulging in twitter again and just a bunch of you know in the mentions and i will talk to anybody about anything so fantasy football related so tweet me whatever and uh yeah let's talk fantasy football this offseason we need it we need sports need something to talk about yeah so my uh so the main p2w fantasy twitter handle um I handle that, but if we think about it, it's kind of like our brand, so it's over uh, the three of us. But yeah, at P2W Fantasy on Twitter, um, that's our like main page. So uh, we coordinate through that and post our pods and you know YouTube and articles through there. Uh, as of today, 1,720 followers, so we're trying to inch towards that 2,000 for the brand. So uh, yeah, we'll conclude that pod. Um, it'll be up on both YouTube and then the podcast versions, which will be uh, Apple iTunes and, and also I think you can stream it through Spotify. So we'll push out uh, both sets of things either um, tonight, if we can, the 24th, but if not, uh, tomorrow, the 25th. So Thorne, Anthony, any any last additions to uh, to this talk here? Or are we we're pretty set? No, this has been fun. It's uh, been fun. I've had a great time. Josh Allen is not a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Yep, Josh Allen's not not the greatest. So I could have hit that stop about thirty <laughs> seconds ago, but we'll go. With had a mic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right.